Mommy, it's not like I plan to get pregnant. Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Bud Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. We are very fortunate to have with us today a mom, and her name is Charlene, and she's going to talk to us about a very important topic. Charlene, your child, you know, became pregnant as a teenager. I don't even know what word to say. It was, it was a shocking moment for her, and we saw this, and it hurt me. She went through depression, you know, so I know that it wasn't something done on purpose and that it did affect her life as well as our life. Yes, we talked about birth control. We talked about abstinence. We talked about diseases. I'm one of those moms that talk about stuff, you know, so we talked about safe dating. We talked about a lot of different things. But choices of a 17 year old become their choices. So again, my husband was upset. I was upset. She was upset. And uh, we just made, we tried to make the best of it. Well, how about the father of the baby? Was he supportive to her or did she just start, you know, hating him? At times, some of the teenagers are mad that you did this to me. I don't like you anymore. So was it there or, or did she kick him out of the picture? No, she did not kick him out of the picture. He was there. Um, he was there in their own way because we really didn't know the father. And uh, honestly, at that point, we did not want to know the father. So as parents, me and her dad were very angry at him too. Her, him, everybody. So um, she didn't bring him around us a lot. And um, we did eventually meet him when she was almost close to her due date and sat down with him. And even then, because he had his own struggles with his own family dynamic and educationally, he was not currently in school, had not graduated high school. He had a history, you know, of just bad behavior. And we were trying to sit with them and let them know that, hey, this little child that's coming into the world is both of your responsibility. What are you going to do to help take care of your child? And so he really was not in a place to help with anything financially, honestly, to help with anything, period. So I remember my husband went and spoke with him and they were having a heart to heart. And my husband was trying to let him know, hey, man, I can help you get to a point of stability so that you can be there for both of them. And, you know, teenager, it didn't go anywhere. So currently the father's not involved. And I think they may have an off and on relationship, but he's really not really involved. Like when something happens, it'll be her father she calls or me, but typically her, her dad, she'll call. Wow. And, and you know, just from, from that, what other challenges did your daughter face as, you know, a teenage pregnant young woman? And how did you help her overcome them? So it was basically just you, your husband and her, you know, there was really 
no other major support systems. So what are like some of the major challenges? You said she went through depression and, you know, how did you help her overcome that and some other challenges that she faced such that, you know, any mom out there that has a teenage daughter that is pregnant, for instance, what should they look for to make them think, well, this child is getting depressed? Well, I think, uh, yeah, that was one of the major things that I noticed with our daughter, that most definitely she would be crying, that she would just look gloomy, just look downcasted, that she would go and just shut herself down because our daughter is a very outward person, very engaging. She would not engage. She would just want to be by herself. Um, she would beat herself up uh, emotionally, mentally. You know, we didn't have to say anything at those points because she was doing it to herself. You know, she was discouraged enough. She didn't want to socialize with friends anymore. She she ate, but it wasn't like she ate a lot. So we had to encourage her Make sure you're eating. Make sure you're eating. So a lot of that, that typical depression thing. So with that, we just, we, uh, I would have talks with her and I would go sit with her and I would tell her it's going to be okay. You know, that, yeah, this is not the way we wanted life to go, but this is where we're at now and we're going to make it through it and you're going to be okay. You know, so a lot of just support emotionally. Because there's really nothing, the pregnancy is going to happen at a certain point, you know, so there's nothing you can do. So a lot of emotional support is because we could have spent our time beating her down after a certain point. But at a certain point, it comes to where you have to be like, I've got to be here. So let me give supportive, encouraging, encouraging talk. Let me talk about future things that can still happen. Although things did not go the way we may have a plan, one, two, three, you know, graduate school, job, this is a stopping gap. And God has blessed you so that, you know, you have support. So the biggest thing I can say to parents out there, after you get through with your anger, and your anger may still be there, you know, deal with your anger. But don't deal with your anger with that teenage mother, because whether you know it or not, they're angry at themselves. They're angry at their self for making those choices, for not heeding advice. For Because there's advice all over the place, even if it's not from your immediate family. It's from friends. It's from churches. It's from TV. It's from everywhere. It's from your doctor. You know, they're telling you what can happen if you have unprotected sex. It can happen with protected sex. You know what I mean? Because nothing's 100% guaranteed. So when you're doing, when a child, a teenager is going through a teenage pregnancy, one of the greatest thing is deal with your anger. At a certain point though, deal with that anger away from that teenager because they need that emotional support. They need you to know that it doesn't have to be the end. It can end up being a beautiful beginning, but you got to make a decision 
to be there in support. And when you need to be angry and cry as a parent, do it away from that teenager because that just loads more pressure upon them. And they, they, they only see darkness and gloom and they only see how they messed up. We all mess up. We are all flat, fallible. We're all imperfect people. So they need support and encouragement. Wow. You as a mom, I, I know you are like, you know, a, a strong woman of faith, you and your husband. If there's a mom that is not um, a strong person of faith, and I know you have a very supportive husband, how can the mom of the pregnant teenager cope with her emotions, you know, so that she's coping and not decompensating on the teenager that has her own worries because of the pregnancy? Well, I I did not pursue one, but I do know that there are help groups, groups that you can go and you can talk or either online counseling because you do need that outlet as a parent. And I'm blessed to have my husband as well as close friends and siblings that I can have that outlet with. Uh, we're humans, we're people, we need an outlet. Uh, the important thing to know is not to let that child be your outlet, that teenager that you're hurt from. Don't turn around and hurt her again because that's going to end up hurting you even more so. So I would advise any parent, whether male or female, that has a teenager that's pregnant and they're so hurt and angry about it and they don't know how to deal with those emotions to um, take a pause. If you don't know what to say to your teenager, the best thing is don't say anything. Don't say anything because you may say something you regret in the future. And then on top of that, go and research for groups, support groups of teenage parents. And they have them for males and females. Like I stated, I was blessed to have a good support group. So I didn't. I'm not saying I, it wasn't a good thing. I probably at some point should have, but I didn't. But I do know that they have support groups for parents. And they also have support groups for teenage mothers, which may be a great thing for your child if they're willing to, because, you know, you can't force them. So if they're willing to go to a support group so that they can talk about their fears, their concerns, you know, they're bringing a human life into this world that they're going to be responsible for talk about their choices with that. You know, I know my daughter's choice was never adoption. She never thought about that because she was adopted herself, which I'm grateful, you know, but there are choices out there. So I would just encourage any parent and teenager to research support groups. If you are a member of a church, speak with your church. You know, if you want to find trustworthy people, that you feel you can be vulnerable with. And sometimes people that don't know you may be better people for some because you do, you deal with shame, you deal with embarrassment, you deal with hurt, you deal with pain. You're dealing with a lot of vulnerable emotions. And if you're not that type of person that can let that guard down to deal with all those emotions, it may be better to do it within a circle of people that you're less familiar with. So a support group may serve you better. Wow, thank you so much. So 
when the baby came, I presume you were there with her. I mean, yes. Now, what kind of reactions did you have at this stage of seeing a living, breathing human being coming out of your teenage daughter? <laughs> yes, I remember. I was, it was funny. We both were pretty calm when she was in labor. We didn't even realize how far along she was. I'm telling you, her pregnancy was a great pregnancy. And I remember we went to the hospital, we went to the birthing unit, it was during COVID time. So there was only one person. And I asked her, I said, is the father going to be there? And she was like, no, you're going to be there. So I was just like, okay. Uh, and I was honored, you know, and so they got her ready. They were like, uh, you're going to be having a baby real soon. <laughs> I said, oh God. So I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be quite interesting. Did she realize this baby is going to come out of her? <laughs> and does she realize this baby is not going to be the size of a pea? <laughs> so I just remember when she was giving birth and the staff was amazing. They were amazing. And, uh, they were like, oh, you're so tiny because she's skinny. <laughs> And all she had was a bump of a stomach. And so they was like, okay. Then they was like, oh, your hips are small. I said, "Mm mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking, let's not break her hips. (laughs) (laughs) So then they got her ready. Then they gave her the epidural. And she was like, what are they doing? I heard her. I had to step outside the door. I heard her screaming. I said, my poor baby. I felt like a protective mom. But at the same time, I felt like, Whatever, what doesn't break you will make you stronger. This is going to make her stronger. So when I went back into the room, she was like, mommy, mommy, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I said, oh, yeah, yes, it's going to (laughs) happen. There's no stopping this. (laughs) So then they got her ready and they started having her push. And she was trying to push and she was screaming. I've never heard my child scream so much. And his head would not move. He would not come out. So they had to do an episiotomy. And so when they clipped her and he gushed out and he was so big, he was big. I think it was like nine, five. And she is tiny. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, this is a big baby. And it was funny to see my child hold her child. She held him. And she broke down crying. And all she said was, he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. And she was just crying. And I knew in that moment she fell in love with that child. And it was amazing to see it from my eyes, to see this with my child, to see this teenage girl. She was 18 at that moment because he was born two months after her birthday. So... To see her fall in love with that child instantly was amazing. And that gave me comfort. It gave me this little whisper in my ear. This child is probably going to be her saving grace. And that's all I say now. I say, he's your saving grace. Because he makes you think sometimes before you do. Not all the time, but sometimes he makes you think before you do. 
And so it was amazing. And she held him and loved him. And they took her to a room and they tried to take him away. And she was like, no. And she was up and walking, walking to that window so that she can go see everything they did. She was like, what is they doing? What are they doing with my son? What are they doing with him? What are they doing? And that's when they was doing the shots and everything else that they do at the beginning of a birth. So, and she stayed in the hospital a day. Was it a day? A day. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I stayed with her the whole time. And my big thing was, and I told her this all the time, this is your son. You're responsible for your son. I'm not taking that responsibility from you. This is your responsibility. And even to this day, she knows that this is her son. I am Gigi. She's mama. So she did great. Her delivery was great. She did great. I got to say, she's a good mom. She's a good mom. She really is. He's three now. She's a good mom. Wow. 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 Thank you. You know, I mean, you're a good Gigi too, I got to say. Um, but did you encounter any societal stigma or judgment as a family with a teenage mother? And how did you deal with this? I know you've talked about some of the emotions, but did people judge you or judge your family? And, you know, how did you guys cope? How did you guys get through this period of time? I, I think back and honestly, I don't know if people did judge my family. I was presumptuous in assuming that people judged us. So I was fearful of what people thought. But people honestly didn't treat me any different. So I don't think so. And the sad part is because it's so common in our society, it's nothing new. So people don't because there are family far in between that don't have a teenage mother in their family. And so I think nobody wants it for themselves. But honestly, I don't think there was like a judgment of, oh, y'all are horrible parents or look at your daughter or whatever. Especially, I think with being a Christian, though, I really did feel that pressure of, man, how are they going to see our family? When I went to church, how are they going to see us? What are they going to think? What, you know, but those people that are my friends are my friend. And I think because we're not young parents. A lot of things that may affect other younger parents don't affect us. We're mature enough to know that people will have their own opinions. But for us to separate ourselves from their opinion and to realize real friends are real friends and they will be there through thick and thin. And that's something that we try to teach our children, that real friends are real friends. So I honestly can't say that there was judgment. Even at work, I really can't say because I would say it because I'm the person that's more sensitive to it than other people. And I was like, yeah, my daughter, she's a teenage mother. And, and they was like, girl, I was a teenage mother. You know, so no, I don't think society-wise because it's so common now, not good. That's a sad thing. 
but it is very common. So society was not, it didn't look at us like we were crazy. Well, well, thank you. You know, so, you know, what advice would you give to other parents? And I know you've given advice along the way, you know, just even from a, you know, Christian woman point of view, from a mother that, you know, tried to raise your children as best as you can, you know, what advice would you give to other parents that might be in a similar situation with uh, maybe they think that their child is doing some things that might lead to teenage pregnancy or lead to hanging with the wrong crowd? What advice would you give? Even I have hindsight, you know, when you look back at things, you're like, man, if I had done this differently. I think the biggest thing that I would say for parents is to allow your children to talk, to allow them to be honest with you, to allow them to be vulnerable with you, to have boundaries, to have rules of your house, but not make them so rigid because we were strict parents. We were. You know, I think with the youngest child we have, she gets a lot more leeway <laughs> because we learned, because we did adopt our children when they were um, three and six, almost seven. And our daughter was three when we adopted her. I used a lot of thoughts. I was like, oh, is this because of she was adopted or this and this? But when I speak to parents who have birthed their children, there's no difference. There's no difference. And I think children have to know that they're loved. They have to know their self-worth. So I think the biggest thing that I would tell parents, honestly, is allow your children to talk and be real and listen to them. Listen to them. They they honestly do want us to be a part of their life. It's just that when we're so rigid, they shut down. And then also I would say, most definitely talk honestly about sex, about abstinence. Let them know your belief. Don't don't water down what you believe in. Trying to be the cool parent, you know, and honestly know their friends, know who they're hanging with. That's a big part because honestly, my daughter, we didn't know some of the people they were hanging with. We knew. The girls, but we did not know the boys, you know. So know who they're hanging with. Invite those people to your house. Make it comfortable for them to come to your house. You know, let your house be the house, the hangout house. We wanted that, but we didn't make it comfortable for our child. I don't want you to be too hard on yourself. You said you were strict parents, but you did that out of love. You were, you, you didn't want to be loose parents that permitted everything. Right. So there's a fine line yeah. between being a strict parent and being a parent that does not care because we've seen it both ways. We've seen it with parents mm-hmm. that were not strict at all. The kids still got into trouble and did things they were mm-hmm. not supposed to do. So there is indeed. Right. You agree with me that there is a fine line between being too strict and being too liberal with raising your children. Right. It is. That is true. And to understand that each child is different. We have three and they're very different. They they're polar opposites in some ways. So learning your child individuality is important. And like I said before, 
my daughter was 17. She was making choices. And what do we do as parents? We try to raise our children to be independent. So no, I don't, I look back with some things, yes, but not with a thing with a sense of beating myself down or failure. I just think it's the path that God had for. You know, even our grandson, I look at him now and I'm like, he's a joy. I'm grateful. Next episode. And she was like, I had him too soon. It's too much. It's too much.